Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur video and audio podcast. I've also invited some of the progressive and property communities on this uh, live feed video podcast. So the agenda is power ways to raise finance face to face, to find out if people have got money when you're speaking to them and some elegant ways to nurture that relationship in the first meeting or the third or the fifth so that you can raise finance for your property deals, for your businesses, and for whatever venture you see fit. I did put an agenda in the community, so I'll just go through that with you. So I'll give you an example of a bad elevator pitch. It's actually not that bad, but it's bad. And it's one of my old ones. I'll give you a reframed, much better example, which is taking the same architecture, but just changing a few words and phrases. I'll talk about how to find out if people have got money without saying, have you got money? how to elicit their values, find out what their values are and how and why that's important, how to lay a social proof, how to have a system of follow-up and the numbers game. And this has got to be no more than 12 minutes because it's an audio podcast, caffeine cast for the disruptive entrepreneur. So say hi, send me a message, let me know how you're doing, let's get cracking. So elevator pitches are pretty, in my opinion, standardly bad. Not just if they're good or bad, but actually doing them in the first place. Because if you think about it, if you're networking or speaking to people, you want it to be as relaxed and conversational and informal as possible. You want their guards to come down, you want to build rapport. And to go into sort of elevator pitch mode, which is almost like you've pressed the record button and you're like, 45 seconds, I'm going into an elevator pitch, I'm going to make you lots of money by you giving me lots of money to invest in property and it's really good yields at the moment and blah, 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 and you're not getting much interest in the bank, you better give the money to me, I need the money, I need the money then obviously that's like (coughs) epic fail. So I think, you know, teaching the whole elevator pitch is a bit 1985. And I'd prefer that you have a relatively formed script as your elevator pitch, but you actually wove it into the conversation bit by bit, layer by layer. So if people say, hey, what do you do? You don't go elevator pitch. You go, I'm a, I'm a property investor and I help people get better returns on their money. And then you ask what, them what they do and then they have a chat, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then they might ask you what kind of properties you buy. And I say, well, I buy local, lower priced, high cash flowing properties that are close to me so that, you know, the management is easy and I manage properties for other people. And then you ask them and they chat a bit. And, you know, and, and so it's like a dance. And, you know, one person's leading, the other person's leading, the other person's leading, the other person. And, and that's how it should be. So it should be conversational. So I guess the first thing I want to say is, Elevator pictures are for 1985. So create your general script. I mean, you can word for word it if you want. It's kind of a smart thing to do so that you know what you're saying and you can test it. But layer it in the conversation. It might have five parts. And so those five parts might come out in a 10 or 15 minute conversation through the conversation rather than in elevator pitch mode. So I'll give you an old example, something like we might have used in the early days when we were deal sourcing, deal packaging, building portfolios for people, that kind of thing. And then I'll give you a better reframed version. So it might go something like, 
Yeah, I, I, I source properties in, in our local area that are low cost and high cash flow. And I, I will build a property portfolio for you with um, half the fee up front and half the fee in a profit share. And I'll manage it for six years. You know, that, that might have been how it used to be. Now, what I'll do at the end of this video audio podcast, and I'm four minutes in, so I've got eight minutes left, is I'll give you a much better version of that. And it's pretty much the same architecture, much, much better. Before I do that, I just want to share that most people's elevator pitches are me, 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 my, 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 I, I, I. And if you take the me, my, and I words out, and you simply replace them with you and your, all of a sudden your elevator pitch turns into something that's something that your client, customer, prospect can see themselves in. So we call that being you focused. So change the I, me, my to you and your words, I mean, on your website, in your copy, the way you speak, and um, you, you'll draw people in. So, you know, very important to it not seem like it comes from you because here's the irony with money. You're looking to raise money because you need money for a goal or an outcome. But if your joint venture partner or the person that's looking to fund your business or startup feels that, that you want the money and you need the money, they don't want to give you the money because they're not giving you the money for you. They're giving you the money for a return for them or some kind of benefit to them. Next thing about elevator pitches is you want to get rid of features. You know, you want to get rid of what it does and you want to turn it into, yes, benefits, you know, feature benefit argument. I'm sure you've heard that, but, but more, more ideally is outcomes. So outcomes and results of your product and service rather than features of what it does. So people don't really care if I've got a letting agency and, you know, I manage the properties that way. What they care about is what it does for them. So save them time, make the money, something more hands-off, something scalable. They're the things they care about more than the features of it. So go from features to benefits to outcomes and results. All right, so Craig just said, uh, asked a question saying, elevators are pi- elevator pitches are not just for raising money though. No, absolutely, Craig. It's for sharing what your, your business does. It's for getting people involved in any venture enterprise. It's for, it's for philanthropy. It's for sharing your vision, your mission. It's for public speaking. It's for everything you're spot on, which is uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this. All right then, so how to access cash from people? Well, there's getting in front of the right people. Then there's numerically getting front, in front of enough people And then there's filtering those who have the money and those who don't. And then there's filtering those who have the money who are interested in your propositions and those that don't. So I tell you what, I'll go about this the other way around than I was going to. I'll go to the bottom part of the agenda, which is the numbers game. So you might be brilliant elevator pitch, which is layered and woven within discussions over an evening or even over three or five meetings. But if you're not getting in front of enough people, and in front of enough people who've got money, then you've got no hope. So A, you need to get in front of enough people. So it might, you might want to t- turn it from three a month to three a week. B, you've got to get in front of the three people a week who've got money. Because you could get in front of 33 people a minute, but if none of them have got any money and they don't know people who've got money, then you're wasting your time. So you want to kind of step back to step forward, be strategic. Obviously, you've heard the thing in sales and raising finance, you know, it's just a numbers game. If you get in front of enough people and you make enough calls, you know, you'll, you'll fall over the money and the business. And whilst that's right to a certain degree, increase the numbers, increase the volume, you might increase the numbers and decrease the percentage and work a lot harder and have a lot more attrition. 
because, you know, if you go down KFC and start doing your elevator pitch and, you know, there's about 2,000 people that come into the door a day, I'm sorry if that, that, you know, may have been a little bit of a stereotype. If you're not getting in front of the right people, then it's a waste of your time. So you want to be selective about where you go, strategic about where you go, strategic about who you focus on finding, who you connect with in your network that exists or you go to other networks and increase the volume in those areas. So you might want to go to business angel uh, finance events. You know, my good friend Ray McLennan is very high up in Angel's Den and, and Property Angel's Den. You might want to go to the um, Angel's Den events in London. You might want to go to the business angel events in London, in Cambridge, in, in all the major cities. You know, you might want to think about who have I already got in my network, my friendship base, who've, who I know are either successful, who've got money, or they're really good at networking, connecting people. You know, they're great with people. They're the supporter profile on the um, Wealth Dynamics, for example, and, and, and they are well connected. So I can, I was going to say use, that's the wrong word, but I can work with them to get to their network, you know, one or two steps removed. So yes, it's a numbers game, but you've got to get in front of the right people. And then obviously you've got to get rid of your bad elevator pitch, use your good one, sew it within the conversation through the evening and through the meetings, not all on an automated button press. Okay, so how do you find out if people have got money? Well, you just have a dance in a conversation and you wait for the opening when you can ask the right questions. Because if you say, hey, look, I'm playing a numbers game here and I don't want to waste my time. So before we have that drink at the bar and definitely before I'm buying it, have you got minimum 350 grand in your um, deposit account right now that's not in equity or mortgages or pensions or loans? (laughs) Obviously, they're going to be like, so... You've got to have a fish, though. So gently and um, generically, through the conversation, how can you just slightly lead and dance so that you can get to the point where you can ask a delicate question which could give you more information about finding out if they've got money or not or if they know people who've, money, who've got money or not. And um, don't go in too soon. You, know, you might want to just line something up for the second or third meeting. But at some point, you've got to find out, have they got the money? And if you're dancing too gently around that and actually never asking them if they've got the money, then you'll be wasting your time. Because I'll tell you what, anyone who's in property or raising finance will tell you a story of how people made out they got the money and hadn't, or they hadn't done enough diligence to find out if they really had the money liquid and they've had deals fall out of bed or even business sales not go through because they didn't have the money. All right, the next thing is social proof. So if you don't let them know what you can do for them and the credibility and the results that you've got, they're not going to have enough faith and trust in you to invest in you. But if you go, I've done this, I've done this, just call me God, they're making a bronze statue of me outside my local town hall, I've got this, I've got that, I, 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 me, 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 my, 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 then you're going to push them away. So the best way to generate this credibility and social proof about you and what you've done is, again, like the elevator, is to layer it. So if they just say, hey, what have you been up to? You could say, well, you know, today I did three property viewings and I'm lining up a property deal. What about you? What have you been up to? And then they talk about what they've been up to and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, also, have you been in property long? Well, I've been property in, in property around about the last 10 years, kind of stepping up more now. Um, started slow after the recession, you know, blah, blah, blah. What about you? And, and you just layer it and layer it and layer it. And you wrap it with a bit of humility. You don't jump in and say, oh, I've got 630 properties and I drive Ferraris and all this kind of stuff. And you just layer it over a conversation. And the layering effect almost like carbon dates, like a diamond, your social proof so it becomes more powerful because it's been repeated in their mind and they haven't put the wall up of, look at you, you're bragging, bored, look, I need to go and network with someone else. 
So layering the elevator pitch and layering the social proof is a very powerful strategy for building that credibility more elegantly and in a likable way. All right then. So I did say that I would talk about a good elevator pitch. I gave you a bad one at the start. So a bad one might seem like a good one from people you've been taught. Uh, You know, for example, what you do and how you do it and the features and the benefits. But if I were to say that, you know, I'm a property investor and I buy properties in my local area and I manage them and look after them and I buy low cost properties that have a high cash flow and I I build um, people's property portfolios for them, then whilst that might not be the worst one ever, I definitely don't think it's the best. And that probably was, in fact, I was probably worse than that 10 years ago. But if you reframe it to something like, I save you time, make you money, build and manage a hands-free property portfolio for you so that you could retire earlier with more income. There you go. So I've changed the feature to a benefit or a result. I've changed the I, I, me, me, my, my, to you, you, your, your, very clear about what you get. The benefits are things that you know, are universal, like time and money and income and cash flow. And all of a sudden, you have a better elevator pitch. And I know a few of you have just messaged me. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> a few of you have messaged me saying you didn't join in at the start. So I'm going to finish now, go back over the recording or subscribe to The Disruptive Entrepreneur, which is my podcast. It's free. We've got over 400,000 subscribers in 140 countries. So if you subscribe to that, you can listen back to this podcast, which will be coming out shortly. Thank you very much. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And let's keep the conversation going in the Disruptive Entrepreneur community. And if you're not in there, just search Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community on Facebook. Thank you very much.